0: And welcome to Illumination Bureau, where we hope to enlighten you with all of the hidden stuff that you don't know about careers in creative. This is Katherine Langkline and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, accompanied
1: by that next creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this since 2005, and we've learned a lot of things that we want to share with you.
0: We have so much to tell you, so let's get
1: started. Hey, Katherine. Yes? So 15 years
0: ago, or actually maybe 16, I'm guessing, was planning phase. What were you doing? Um, I was freelancing. I was a solopreneur, and I had clients, and I was working for you, I think, as a freelancer. At Express, at yeah. At Express. Um, so yeah, I That's what I, I had a very simple life of just going from job to job and um, running in my own business.
1: <laughs> and then you <laughs> made it more... a very micro form, yeah. Yeah, and then you made it more complicated.
0: Yes, <laughs> Yes. Thank you, Kristen, because it was all your idea.
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm to blame. Um, so, yeah, it's our 2020 is our 15th anniversary. Actually, in January was our 15th anniversary. So throughout this year, we've talked a little bit about different topics related to starting the business. in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. October was Women's Small Business Month. So we did a little bit of conversation more about how we started and the the Mm -hmm. whole startup Mm -hmm. journey and and then where we are now.
0: Right. Right. So, um, this time we're going to just talk about, you know, we're here at 15 years, you know, what are some of the tips we can give to people? Um, what has our journey been like? You know, we get asked often, you know, um, you know how did you guys start the business? You know what you run into now. What's it like to be after, you know, being at um, fifteen years and things like that? So we thought we'd just take some time and share some of those ideas with you today.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So fifteen years ago, you were. As
0: I, you I say, was. Yeah, I
1: was typical creative. Yes, and <laughs>
0: like I said, I was working for you, and so you were working at Express.
1: Yeah, I was working at Express, and I'd been in that sort of corporate marketing department kind of role for what well, I think is a long time 13 mm-hmm, years mm-hmm. um and I think it's like in dog years you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> retail is definitely dog years
1: <laughs> and so um it, really I had worked at L Brands like my whole career different you know divisions but mm-hmm. it's the only place I'd ever worked since I graduated from college and so I'd had this idea for years I mean I used to talk to my friend joke about it mm-hmm. so um we started talking and
0: mm-hmm. and thought you know
1: this actually is a great idea right and
0: I had worked for companies like this so I had a little bit um, more understanding of you know how that operated and I had also um, you know found my own clients for a number of years so I had that a little bit under my belt too um, so we just kind of merged our, our super forces and <laughs> created this business you know yeah. you, kind of, you find your strengths and you, you kind of build a business the one thing that um, I wanted to mention because we are talking about working for other companies because I did too I worked for a number of corporations and um L Brands was definitely one of them. But, you know, as as people talk about starting a business, the one thing that I will say, there is no better ed- education than working for somebody else. Um, and they pay you for it, which is yeah, great. You um, learn on their dime, right? You <laughs> learn on their dime. And um, working in retail is is great just because it's super fast paced. And, you know, for the most part, it's relatively transparent because it is all about, the sales and the customer and a lot of those conversations are around that but I'm going to assume that other companies are like that as well where they are just very candid with you know what you're you're producing a product and you have to sell it basically and um, tips on, on how to do that but what was great about working for a large corporation is that you did learn about budgets and you learned about like all of the you know a little bit of the accounting and the expenses and things like that so Um, the one tip I will give people is go work for somebody for a while.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you learn how those businesses and, and other businesses, like maybe your vendors or whatever Mm -hmm. function. And so that can be super helpful when you're on the other side of the table too. At least you, you know, their thought process Mm -hmm. and how things work inside a large company. And if you want to sell to one or serve one, then it's helpful to know that.
0: Oh, absolutely. You can get some insights depending on the job that you select, um, you know, about the customers that you're trying to sell to, you know, if let's just say you want to start even a bakery or something, you know, go work for one for a while and see what that's like. Don't just think I have this great recipe and now I want to just completely start from scratch with a business, you know, go see how somebody else has done it and get a little bit of, um, get it into some of those habits and learn some things that way. Because while, you know, college is fantastic, mentorships are fantastic, internships are fantastic. It is not a complete, you know, three-dimensional view of what, running a business is like
1: yeah absolutely I 100% agree with you on that
0: yeah so we were able to take a lot of that knowledge and many people that have worked for L Brands for example in a retail and things like that have started their own business and they felt fully prepared to do yeah. so for the most yes. part and there are always surprises that pop up um, as well but um, but yeah I, I definitely couldn't recommend that enough yeah
1: so sort of switching gears a little to thinking back to fifteen years ago, uh-huh. what kind of technology was going on and were we using? I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm thinking like, so in that in that job that I was still in, we mainly did print work uh-huh. for the stores and direct mail. Right. And we had a website, but it was done through a third party. So uh-huh. my only responsibility was like reviewing it. Uh-huh. You know, we it was not an e-commerce site. It was just sort of a branded, yeah site so we had something on the internet yeah that's really kind of where you know the marketing technology world was and then um I think we just started with equipment we had
0: yeah we did (laughs) and I you know since I was a solopreneur I did have some things to bring to the table but you definitely had a laptop Mm -hmm. so we had our two laptops um I brought my printer and my fax machine And I think we bought cell phones and Palm Pilots, if anybody remembers the awesome Palm Pilots. Yes. Those were awesome.
1: And that was it. I
0: mean... Which was basically just an electronic Rolodex. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) you couldn't make a call on it or
1: anything. (laughs) Right. For sure. A calendar and stuff. Oh, yeah. had to have a calendar. But what I think is kind of interesting is in our business, at least, and maybe it depends on what you do, but... We use basically the same equipment, the mm-hmm, software mm-hmm. we use on the equipment is way different yeah. and all on the cloud, but we still have laptops and cell phones right? a right. couple printers laying around. That's so, about it.
0: So um, just tying that into a, a tip for people wanting to start up too, is like, you know, really look and see what you have. I think a lot of people think I have to, you know, if I want to start a business, I have to, you know you know get lots of money Mm -hmm. to do this um we did not have lots of money to do this we basically worked with what we had and you know it might have been clunky it might have been slightly outdated um it might have been like maybe the cheapest fax machine out there um but these were the things that we we got stuff that we could afford we didn't get in over our heads Um, We had some savings, too, and uh, we should probably talk about that a little bit as well, but essentially, you know, we and we worked from your home, too, so Mm -hmm. we didn't have to rush out and get retail space or things like that, and, you know, considering a lot of things are becoming home-based anymore, you know, do you really, really have to have, you know, a retail space or office space to get started?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a Especially a different consideration now. Yeah,
0: we would have totally had a co-working space first. I think mm-hmm. before we actually signed a lease on anything, like well, well like a lease lease. Um, but uh, yeah, there's so many more options now. But you know, back then we just made do with what we had. Yeah, you know, and I started. think that is.
1: Um, I think that's how crave people tend to operate anyway. We you know, kind <laughs> of making do with what you have, or we like have a
0: barn, and we find make our own dresses. And yeah. <laughs>
1: like crafting together like crafting together from what you have available to yeah. you it's so like I oh, this think, will
0: work as a table
1: yeah i think <laughs> creative people have that mindset anyway which is great when you're starting a business because yeah every Every cent you don't have to spend on on something is money you get to keep. <laughs>
0: right, right, right. And we wanted to be ultra, ultra, ultra frugal too. And we've always mm-hmm. been. Yeah. You know, for the most part, um, just because, you know, of the the sort of business we're in too, we're dealing with people, so we want to make sure that we're you know paying people properly and uh, making sure that our clients get a great deal, too. Um, so, yeah, we keep it we keep it frugal ba- based out of habit, I think, for the most part. But, yeah, I, I'm just going to recommend, again, you know, don't get in too far over your head. Um, even if people want – I use, like, the baking, for example, and, and also it just popped into my head, too, that now you can even, like, rent kitchen space and stuff, too, yeah. which was never an option before. So, yeah, just really research or talk to other people who have done it. Um, and, and get, you know, some practice with some other company first, even if it's part time, um, just to learn some tricks, some tricks or maybe learn how to buy in bulk or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of ways you can kind of save yourself a lot of headache if if you kind of do some of these things.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great point. I, I mean, this is in Columbus that we see it, but it's my impression in lots of cities that there are so many more resources now for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and startups. Yes. Like you said, shared workspaces, shared um, kitchens and like maker spaces where you can use tools and all kinds of different mm-hmm. stuff that you don't have to you know, buy a 3d printer. You could use one somewhere right. else. And so um, just like, Making use of all of those things as long as you can right. until you need to buy it yeah. for yourself. Very
0: much like how you, when you um, start a household, you know, and you're like, well, I can't afford a couch, so we're going to have to deal with the one we have the for now. The one we brought from college. <laughs> but we're going to say, yeah, we're going <laughs> to save for it. And once we can afford because everybody's using the couch, so we're going to, you know, this could be our first investment. Um, yeah, just to kind of slip into that sort of mentality and not think too grandiose, like, I need all these things to start a business. Uh, maybe you don't. Maybe yeah. you don't. Yes, I agree. Another question that we get asked. Often is um, when uh, do you feel it's time to hire your first employee, and I I kind of got a little epiphany about that when I talk to people, and that some people that start a business kind of create a job for themselves, and then there's some people who want to start a company. So I think that's a little bit of the crossroad that you have to come to. Um, if you want this to be a company, you really got to start thinking about hiring an employee, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that comes to the point where you just can't get the work that only you can get done done and you have to start handing off something to somebody else.
1: Yeah. And you realize you're using, you know, you only have so many hours and you're using some of those on things that you're not the best at or, or that aren't the best use of your time. Like maybe you're, capable of you know doing whatever this task is but someone else could do it and you could use that time for something that's much higher value absolutely that's like, that's when i think you have to start like doing if
0: you're it. not billing people because you're so busy you're meeting with clients or something it it might be advantageous to get somebody to start doing that for you and you don't have to have somebody full-time either you can pay hourly mm-hmm. and um it's just a couple hours a week, too. You don't have to feel like, you know, well, I want an employee, so therefore i got to start calculating, you know, health care benefits and all this sort of stuff. No, you can actually kind of do that on the cheap, too, yeah. which is how we started uh, because we had to kind of dip our toe in the water and, you know, just got people to work part-time for us for a while.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the other thing I'm thinking about, as you were saying, that little epiphany about, you know, whether you're making a job for yourself or building a company, the other side of it, too, is if you're making a job for yourself, then it exists solely with you. Mm-hmm. Like if you go on vacation or if something happens to you, you're in the hospital for a month, nothing is happening right. because it exists with you. And if you don't want that, you know, if you want to be a company that, that can function when you're not doing the actual yeah, work, then you, yeah. you have to build up a team that can keep it going yes. when you go on vacation or have some other, Hopefully ne- not negative thing. When you have something <laughs> fabulous that you're out for yeah, a month. Exactly. We'll say the, that too. The business keeps going.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing to really consider. And I don't want to make it sound like we're, we're dissing one or the other. Um, I you know, worked many, many years as a solopreneur and I loved it. I yeah. Really did. Either
1: is totally fine. But being aware because Absolutely. I, I sometimes see business owners that are like, oh, I haven't taken a vacation in 10 years or something because right. I can never leave. I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible.
0: Right. <laughs> You're right. And just think about like if I you know if I have to pay somebody minimum wage to, for a couple of hours, I mean, what is that like 30 bucks, you know? That yeah. you, you, typically you, people can afford that. So just really really think about that like cuz that could be more 2 hours you could have put towards getting a new client or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's how you have to kind of look at it. Yeah. And that's kind of what we did too and we've been, you know, slowly building up a team um, ever since that point. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. I totally agree with that. And and the thing is too is like I think people get really nervous with that too because you know you have to think about well, now I'm and I'm responsible for people and all of and that you is, are all of that is true. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna
1: say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, it is a big step. You are responsible for people, but it's also super rewarding. Like you provide a job for oh someone yeah. like someone that's really is a fantastic. cool thing too yeah. so it it goes both ways yeah
0: and you know if there's maybe some people who are trying to just get back into the workforce or you know maybe they you know can't work at a company because of you know some handicap or or things like that i mean it's it's it really can provide a lot of oppor- opportunities for people so yeah it's definitely it's it's definitely a good feeling to be able to take care of people i guess too yes for sure yeah for sure
1: So what do you think the greatest challenge has been in these 15 years?
0: Well, by far, I think it's the pandemic. Yeah. Because (laughs) that has um, rung a bell across the nation. And I think everybody is trying to scramble and and figure out how do we do business now. Um, I think we were in a good position where we already had it possible for people to work from home and things like that. But that, you know, affects everything. You know, clients stop calling and people are, everybody is scrambling So you have to try and figure out, um, you know, how to manipulate that first, and then you have to learn a whole lot about, you know, um, PPP and PPE and everything else. Um, So, yeah, it's, that would probably be the biggest, but anytime there's like some sort of big flux in the economy is, is probably been the biggest challenge for us. Yeah,
1: and if you think about it, so we went through the 2008, 2009 recession Mm -hmm. too, and so... That was just like training wheels for this one, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But when, when this started, we did say, okay, we've been through this before. Mm-hmm. Here's what we did. You know, here's how we survived it. Here's how we used our time because mm-hmm. we weren't as busy. And so having been through something that was challenging before, I think did help us um, not not panic, yeah. you know, like just sort of say, okay, here's our plan. Yeah, and, and it will keep shifting, but here's the current plan. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you pull off the all the materials from last time, and here's here's what we did. And you know, some of the things that we did do, and we're, I'm more than willing to share that too, is you know, us being in advertising and marketing space, we advertised, we marketed, you know, mm-hmm. the one thing that we wanted people to know is that we were still in business, we were here to, still here to serve them, but most of all, we wanted to reach out to everybody, to make sure they were okay, especially this round, I mean, it wasn't yeah. so much in 2008 and nine, but, um, this, this is w- much more personal, this is very personal, and, um, we wanted to make sure people were, I mean, literally okay, so, you know, you can call it marketing in a way, but, you know, for the way that our business is structured, we really did care, that everybody was fine is there anything we could do to help we knew it wasn't going to be placing people because they weren't even sure what to do with their own people um but if there's anything we could do to even help them go virtual to help them you know sort s- through some things you know we had some knowledge and we were willing to share mm-hmm. um but you know it, it it kind of changes your day a bit because you're not doing what you normally do and for me i stopped networking which was you know crazy I really didn't know have any no idea what to do with my time right away and then that all switched you know we kind of figured that out
1: yeah yeah you're right and you and you just kind of keep shifting and I think it's a good point you said like of course the pandemic is by far probably the biggest challenge because it is for anyone who's Mm -hmm. going through it it'll probably be the biggest challenge of their life Right. right but there are lots of little challenges all the time and And you learn from each of those, Mm -hmm. and those help you sort of build up your resilience so you can handle something big.
0: Right, right. So at a time like this, what we I said we did our advertising marketing, so we rebranded. We updated our website. It was a lot of the things that we didn't have time to do before because you were so focused on, you know, um, working with the clients. You started looking more internally and see what can we do to kind of gussy up the place Mm -hmm. while um, we waited for the economy to kind of – Wake back up, I guess. Um, yeah, and this time we are too. We're yeah. refreshing our website. Yeah, where,
1: you know, we've continued like doing, How this, convenient. doing the podcast. <laughs> you know, it's like a lot of the same things mm-hmm. that we just said. Okay, we have a little time to do internal work. What what work? Do, have we been putting off basically
0: purge some files rearrange yeah. the furniture you know <laughs> stuff that you always wanted to do um but never had the time to, you never so had
1: time but now, now you do i
0: got plenty of time so <laughs> but again then you're ready you know you're ready yep. for when everybody else is ready to go so and then you're you're hopefully come back stronger because all of that was taken care of
1: yeah yes so one question i get a lot is about our partnership mm-hmm. so we've been partners for 15 years and it's interesting It's interesting to me how interested people are in that because (laughs) I don't I don't think of it as like this weird anomaly. But apparently it's quite unusual that we like each other so much. Luckily,
0: we don't have to think about it at all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I always get like, oh, do you have any tips for having a great partnership or for finding a great partner? And um, I mean, I I will say I think a, a portion of it is just luck. Like,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: just like when you start dating someone, you don't exactly know what you're getting until you've been in it for a while, you know. And so we just worked together for a while Mm -hmm. and and found out, you know, what each other was really all about. Um, But I think we have purposefully done things too, like the way we divide up work Mm -hmm. and some of the assessments and stuff that we've done.
0: And I think we talked about that in our, our the other podcast, too, but, uh, you know, in case you missed it, we can definitely reiterate some of that. And it was, yeah, essentially just figuring out if this was the person before you formed a partnership. And um, we talked about the book, uh, Six Weeks Till Startup, and I, I will mention it again, and we've mentioned it like a thousand times. Um, but if you are thinking about starting a partnership, I would definitely recommend that book because it took you through all the steps of what um, the business is about, how to structure a business. And what we found out is, you know, A lot of our similarities in what we wanted the business to be um because you could you know bang heads forever if one person is out to just create a business that is going to produce money and buy boats and yachts and the other person wants somebody something that's more purpose-driven and neither one is the wrong answer you know but you have to make sure one person's not out spending money and the other one wants to invest for example or Everybody wants to do sales or everybody wants to do the internal work. Um, You get all these questions answered up front and it's like, well, who's going to do what? Who's going to be the president? Who's going to do the books? Who's going to work on HR? Um, Yeah, get all that sorted up front because otherwise stuff lays idle and nobody wants to do it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're in the position like I'm an owner. I am not gonna do it. <laughs> it's like somebody has to. Somebody has to do it. So yeah, we had um different strengths and desires, you know, when it in starting the business and what we wanted to do, and it just worked out really well that way, and it's still the same today.
1: Yeah, and so since we're talking about the you know startup like 15 years ago, trying to think back like what did we do to sort of figure out that the other person was the right one? I know for sure I had an advisor that I was working with and you met too, Mm -hmm. who met with both of us. And she, (laughs) she basically pulled me aside and was like, I'm telling you all my partnership horror stories. Here's all (laughs) the questions you have to ask. Here's all the things you have to know. Almost like, please don't do this, but if you're going to, I'm going (laughs) to try to help save you. And it was good because it forced a lot of the conversation we're yeah. talking about. And at the end of the day, she's like, "Wow, you guys really are well suited to work together." <laughs> like, I think she was you know, surprised, but she had just seen things gonna arise aw- so many times. And
0: that, yeah, and that might have helped because we were kind of disciplined in the same environment. Um, you know, where True. you just you just work hard, and you know don't stop and you know so a lot of that you know work ethic was the same but again you know what if somebody just wants to have a part-time thing yeah I mean somebody um,
1: may be trying to start a business because they want to work just like 20 hours a right. week and then the other person like you said is like I'll work 80 right. if I can build it up in five years to sell to Google right it's like right. okay those are totally different goals yeah <laughs> and,
0: and it's not to say that that won't work but just have that conversation ahead of time and just say here's what I can give to the company here's what I can give to the company yeah. so maybe you think about you know percent of ownership yeah or maybe something, you're not that partners or something. Or yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, those conversations are definitely important and yeah, get those done first before signing any sort of partnership paperwork. I guess.
1: Yeah. And I I remember, you know, we talked about all our finances. Like we always joked, um, you were dating somebody. I wasn't quite yet. I met him right when we started the business. Mm-hmm. My current husband. Um, but just like we knew so much about each other's finances, right. like we just revealed everything yeah. because like if this is going to work we have to know everything and um i think that honesty that willingness mm-hmm. to be honest probably really helped um and then you just mentioned paperwork probably that same advisor i don't know how else we would have known this made sure we got a partnership agreement yeah. put together which i think a lot of people don't especially right in the beginning mm-hmm. but um you know, as, as many people will tell you, like, it's best to sort those things out when you still like each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a great So, tip.
1: <laughs> you know, so it's just as all the basics, but it's also important. I mean, not to say we're never, we're never not going to like each other. We're always going to like each other. But like, what if something happens to one of us, mm-hmm. you know, what happens to their half of the business? You right, have to right. really sort of decide that up front. So it is good to, you know, to scale that stuff on paper
0: yeah now one thing two that, that people really tried to push us into but we didn't go for it and i will explain that why too is that um to have one partner be 51 percent owner and 149 so you always will have a final say yeah on everything and i understand the um the logic behind that but we chose not to we are 50 50 um but we chose that final say it was divided so you have final say on some things and I have final say on others yeah. but typically we agree or we talk things through to the point where we are both okay with things um, but you know that's something to think about too do you need somebody that is going to mm-hmm. have a final say um, or do you, is it 50-50 or however you decide to divide it um, yeah, and
1: like you said before, maybe one one person is putting more in, mm-hmm. up front or yeah, it could be more money, in, more time, yeah. or
0: something. And yeah, they, exactly. they get that one percent just to kind of protect themselves or whatever.
1: Right. Um, I do think in our case, and you know, maybe this is the <laughs> the dynamic people always are asking us about. It's like, yeah, we just don't. I can't think of a single situation where we've had something where we had to decide, and the other person really, really still was not okay with that decision like like you said usually one of us just either feels more strongly or knows more about the situation Mm -hmm. and so the other one will defer because it's like you know I have an opinion but at the end of the day you know this person better than I do or you know more about you know this part of the business or whatever and so I don't think that we've ever had something where we've where ultimately one of us made a decision, the other one really just still was, like, upset about it. It was like, no, I understand why you decided that, and and I trust you because you know more about it Mm -hmm. than I do. It's that trust thing I think it goes back to.
0: It's nothing but trust when it comes to partnerships and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So,
1: yeah, I've always felt like that would actually be weird. (laughs) Like if I had the 51% and I was like, well, no, Catherine – I get to make the final decision because <laughs> I own 51% of the business. Like if that's how we're deciding yeah. things, I don't think our partnership's very healthy anyway. No, Like you're going to feel really great about that. I doubt right? it would have lasted because,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? because I, I just, you know, and that's just my personality. I don't like to be forced into a corner like right. that
1: for lack of 2%. My opinion doesn't count. Right.
0: You know? Right.
1: And I just, I don't think that ever would have worked for us mm-hmm. and, and for our, you know, personalities or relationship or right. whatever. And maybe it does for someone else, but I just don't think it would have, I don't think we would have lasted 15 years if, if, if those were the conversations we were having. Yeah.
0: And uh, I, I think that's worth mentioning too. Again, like if you're the big investor, I think you have the right to say that. But, yeah. You know, for that's a part, little we different. Pretty, yeah. We were pretty even coming in. Yes. Um. So yeah. But you know, like again, we decided the whole final decision thing and, things like that and honestly the only thing I think that we've even had the longest discussions about are situations with clients and how to handle them Um, I can definitely say that you know the many years I've spent waiting tables you know gave me a lot of opportunity to um, deal with customer service in a in a very you got to make a decision right now sort of situation and I know I've mentioned that before I will keep mentioning that maybe I should tell everybody before you start a business go wait a table (laughs) Or has some sort of customer service experience, you know, firsthand because that's how rapid fire it is. You know, you walk up to a table and they say, you forgot my, you know, my drink. You know, okay, how do I fix this? You know, or, you know, somehow the math was wrong on their bill. How do you fix this? You know, so they leave happy. Um, it, it's, it's that and, you know, and that's probably the, like I said, the biggest thing that we've had to deal with because, I, you know, clients come up with the most crazy things <laughs> that they are demanding and we have to figure out how do you make that work how do you make it work as a small business and you know when you deal with larger businesses you know they, they they do have a lot of leverage and um we have to make sure everybody is is happy when they they leave the table yes exactly <laughs> yeah that's a great
1: point i think um <laughs> like
0: people always
1: say this joke, but it's so true. You know, it's like, oh, my business would be great if I didn't have to deal with, you know, employees or customers. It's like, <laughs> haha, you know, it's like, then you don't have a business, of right. course. So, right. So, therefore,
0: you have to those, deal with it. Those
1: are the biggest things that you're always working with are other mm-hmm. people. I mean, customers, quote unquote, are other people. Even if they're a corporation, they're actually, you know, probably three people inside that corporation you right. really work with. And so. You're really just always working with individuals, like you said. Right. It's and there's
0: people pushing them and, you know, that you'll know, see if you can get this or that. And we're like, you know, we can only give so much. Um, but you have to make sure that all decisions are, are based on, you know, your own company still making money. Yes. Because um, you have to pay your people. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's a great point, too. It's like, especially if you're a small business that works with larger businesses, you do have to, you know, protect your company and your employees too and sometimes that takes being upfront with that client Mm -hmm. which can be really uncomfortable but be like listen like we will actually lose money if we do this right and if we lose money we will not be here to serve you anymore right (laughs) so how do we make that not happen yeah you know but I think it's hard to have that conversation
0: absolutely and we have you know competitors that can definitely make you know all sorts of promises to people, but you know we we feel that you know we're we're steady, we're reliable, we're trustworthy. So people are definitely getting what they pay for, right? Without making some sort of crazy deal to kind of win their business, you know? Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, it's like a grocery store lost leader. Like, sure, you can get your pumpkin for thanksgiving for 50 cents or something right now but they're just trying to lure you in right, to then right. do all of your thanksgiving shopping and you just a crappy pumpkin anyway
0: yeah. you know <laughs> just the Kroger nope. brand <laughs> but um you doesn't know. have a lot of seeds in it and it's hard to cut. <laughs> but like
1: businesses do that too, you know? Like so sometimes you're competing with something like that and you just have to figure out how to show them that you're worth it. I, and you're going to be there in
0: the long run, Yeah, you know? Yeah, and you're out for their best interest. Yeah, there's just a whole plethora of things that, you know, that makes makes you better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this, and I think it might be worth mentioning to people because I, I run into people all the time and it's like, you know, how do you get these big clients and things like that. And if you're a small business, I think you have to make sure that you are prepared to take on that client and not end up with egg on your face because you get a deal, you know, you work at at, at a cheap price, and then you're kind of stuck with that for one, or you can't do the job in the long run because you were Mm -hmm. ill-prepared. because and that's their biggest fear too that's why they don't want to take a chance on you because they see you as a small company can you do the job um, just make sure you are you know we we flirt with the idea of taking on like government contracts and things like that all the time but we know that once you get that contract we have to deliver you know and you can't you cannot make a mistake
1: yeah that's a, a great point it's like at the, ultimately like the worst thing is that that large company gives you an opportunity and then you can't Deliver, you'll never get the opportunity again, and they might tell their friends. Yep. So it's better to start small with a large company like that Mm -hmm. happens with us quite often. They're like, we will we will give you one position Mm -hmm. to work on, see how you do. If you do good, we'll give you more. We'll give you two. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you know that's great Mm -hmm. because that gives us a chance to get to know them a little bit and make sure you know they're a fit for us too Mm because it goes both ways. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad way to start, especially with a large company is just getting that small opportunity and then
0: seeing how it goes. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, don't feel like you're going to or feel sad that you don't. No, get oh, the, it's
1: just a small project. We'll just yeah, start with that start and with that. build. And
0: build some trust. And, you know, you want like um, all of UPS's business or something. And it's like, um, oh, you might not. <laughs> you might not. Maybe you start with a local branch or something, you know, rather than taking on the entire corporation. So there's different ways to kind of get yourself introduced to larger mm-hmm. companies and you know, I don't I don't think like you, you should, you know, rush into it without mm-hmm. having all your ducks in a row first. Maybe people in place or at least know who you're gonna hire, you know, once all this new work starts coming in.
1: Yes, that you're prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I think that just sort of building and in- incrementally, you know, it's like you look back just like, wow, 15 years, you know, that that's amazing. And it is. And but it's just been like each little incremental step at a time. It's not like we did all at once. Right. You know, right, right. <laughs> it's,
0: it's been, you know, quite the journey uh, between, you know, getting the right people in the right seats and getting the right processes in place and having the right software. And um, the one thing that and it's constantly changing, constantly changing. So I am going to Also mentioned that in order to have a great business, you have to be willing to learn and change. So if you're not comfortable in that space, um, don't do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And think about, so we mentioned like what we started with both with like what was going on in marketing and the equipment we had. If we still were only doing that kind of work and using that equipment, Mm -hmm. you know, like it wouldn't be functional. It's silly to say that. But I think sometimes people kind of want to do that yeah it not only would like not
0: evolve right and the work would have been so much harder and we could not have grown the business so I mean also too you know if you feel like you know you don't wish to grow the business then by all means don't update everything or <laughs> stop learning <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can tell you that you know if we started the business um, working in just print which is what we did and chose not to evolve we would not be doing digital placements right now no. and and things that have to grow with the way that the world is um, because everything has gone virtual, you know, if not not by choice even, I'll, I'll just say, because of everything changing. So you have to keep up with that. And if you have been reluctant to have, a, you know, an e-commerce website or do takeout of your restaurant, you're going to be stuck, I think. You're going to have some problems going forward. And what's interesting is that some people have tried these things now, and they're actually um making more money yeah. than they had before. Like
1: they're doing well. The profits it. are high yeah. because they
0: don't have to pay for extra employees or um the way that the systems are set up they're or they've you know somehow pivoted they're making more money and growing more than ever but if they never wanted to learn or change or do any of that then that would never have happened.
1: Yeah. So I think we can wrap up by saying, like, how did we get through 15
0: years? By learning and changing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I plan on to keep on doing that, too. Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau, and we hope you have gained something by listening today illumination bureau was brought to you by portfolio creative you can find out more about portfolio creative at portfoliocreative.com. if you have a topic that you want to hear about don't hesitate to email us at questions at portfoliocreative.com. if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe rate and review it or share it with a friend